0: love me here love me now love me right, right. love me like the moon chases the night. good day great people i'm bria and i'm dr Tanji, and welcome to the body liberated podcast a space for you to get curious about your body while learning to love appreciate and exist in the body you have right now now let's get liberated Back to Words, Good day, great people. It is nice to be back with you all. I am Bria, and I'm Dr. Tanji, and welcome back to the Body Liberated. Ding. <laughs> so today we're going to be getting into a very um fun and triggering topic, I would say, and that is diet and culture. And it's kind of like a play on words, right? Diet culture, diet and culture. Did y'all get it? Okay. So we actually thought about this topic because diet culture has its own, you know, rules and challenges and Um, things that folks live by or subscribe to, but when you put it in perspective of being a Black woman and that being part of our culture and how we, you know, see the diet industry, messages that have been given to us by loved ones who may have very much been well-intended, But it did cause harm. And if you think about anything that causes you to shame yourself, shame your body, blame yourself for anything that has to do with your physical makeup, that's toxic. And oftentimes, these messages are spewed through our loved ones, right? And our culture, right especially when you think about how our bodies are built we are unique we are so very unique in how we show up in terms of our physique and that has a lot to do with how people comment on our physique Um, loved ones and just people right people on the street the cat calling All the things, right? Mm -hmm. And so that has a lot of impact on how we see our bodies. So it is uh our goal is to shift a paradigm, and we want to be able to bring these issues to the forefront of the conversations instead of having them things that you are upset about when someone mentions something, but you don't say anything, or you feel like, mm, like, yeah, they're right. I need to lose weight. When in all actuality, shouldn't nobody be commenting on your weight in the first place? So that be awkward. That be so awkward. And let me tell you about this awkward situation that happened to me. And. I don't know if you can relate to this or if the women or the men can relate to this, but uh, I grew up in the church. Uh, I grew up AME, African Methodist Episcopal. That is how me and my good sis first got connected. And I would say that the church that I grew up in was very I guess, churchy, traditional. So the older ladies still wore the old church hats and dressed up every Sunday. And um, my aunt would fuss at me if I decided I wanted to wear dress pants, even though it was minus 20 degrees and we were going to church, she still wanted me to be in a skirt and some tights. And the situation happened to where um, it was my first year coming back from church after being away at college and one of the older ladies, she commented it on my weight. She was like, oh, you always used to be so cute in your little dresses, you know, they're feeding you good at college or something along those lines. And I'm not quoting her verbatim because it happened over 10 years ago, but I remember it making me feel bad because like I was aware That I had lost weight and I already felt bad because I loved getting dressed up for church, wearing dresses and things. That was my favorite thing. And for someone to point out that I didn't look as attractive because I had gained weight, or someone saying, like, you know, it coming off like they were worried about my health because I had gained weight. That's where they were coming from. It was awkward and it just made me feel bad. And because at that time, I'm, I don't even think I was 21 yet. Um, What do you say to that? I didn't have any language. No one had talked to me about boundaries. I was taught, you know, just smile, be respectful. I never knew I had the permission to say, you can't ask about my weight or Please don't make comments about that. Or I don't want to talk about that. I didn't know that there was a way I could say that and still be respectful to an older generation. I just thought I had to bend and grin, grin and bear it. And so it was an awkward situation. And these type of situations happen all the time, especially when you come home for the holidays, if you live out of town, or any events where a person hasn't seen you in a while, it happens. Because I can remember the same older lady also gave me a compliment when she noticed I had lost weight. And at that moment, I felt pride because I was like, oh, she noticed that I've been doing something when really... The compliment didn't need to be anything about my weight. And I, I want to mention complimenting and about people's weight because I don't know if you did this intentionally, which you always do things intentionally, so you probably did. But you text me um, and you said, you take the best photos. And that was the first compliment that I had received about, taking good photos that didn't have anything to do with the way i looked and that just meant the world to me because i'm always trying to figure out how can i tell someone that i love the way i see them in pictures or just in general without always having a compliment on what the person looks like if we are really trying to live liberated and walking out it means looking for other compliments especially as black women saying girl you look snatched that waist looks small and there's those compliments have their place yes but when you told me that I take the best photos that made me feel seen and in a society where we're not always seen we're not always hurt I feel like we need more of that and if an older woman would have said something to me like that when I was in my twin, early 20s, even teens, like if the outside world would have gave me that messaging, because I got that messaging at home, but it's different when it comes from your parents. If the outside world would have gave me that messaging, I feel like it would have been easier to separate my worth from my weight, which is why this work is even important. So I wanted to tell you that publicly, that that meant the world to me. And I want to challenge other women who are listening to this, especially Black women, to really think about how you can compliment someone and make them feel seen without talking about their weight. Or if you notice a health concern, maybe don't think about the weight, like because the weight could be for stress. So maybe you need to ask more questions and figure out Why is this person stressed? Is there something I can do to help? But let's not always bring in the weight. And so that is my weight. This is awkward story. I'm sure so many of you all can relate. And that's why we want to talk about it today because it is something that is wrapped up in our culture. And we don't talk about it because I guess we don't want to be disrespectful to the people who are having us live through some of these traumatic things we know we're going to have to deal with at home so i'm excited to get into it so wow i i didn't think about that as when i when i when you sent me the pictures I was just like, oh my gosh, these are so beautiful. And then I was like, you take the best pictures because any picture you've ever sent me, like you're just so joyful and smiling. And, you know, I think that that's so important. Like being able to um, see someone's beauty beyond their weight, being able to really just, see beauty and not see oh you gain weight because that is essentially saying that your weight is making you less beautiful Mm -hmm. like is that a thing I think that is a thing that is is a real thing thing. that's a real thing and it's a little saddening and like cringy a little bit because When you, like I was saying, I think a couple episodes ago, when I saw those pictures of myself, right, I saw like, (gasps) and I didn't see beauty, despite my weight, right? Why can't we see that? I don't even have the answer to that, to be honest, because do I notice when people gain weight? Yes. Do I care? Not really. But it is something that I noticed. I mean, it's a physical feature. You notice physical features about people all the time. And I think that's why having this discussion is so important because even, right, like your nose piercing, for example, right, it's something that's different about you. And had I saw you, right, when I first saw you after so many years, had I not had you on social media, right? Oh, you got your nose pierced, right? And so that possibly is how people oh, you lost weight, right? Or, oh, you gained weight. I think because weight is though such a sensitive topic and there's so much value wrapped into weight, that is what makes it triggering. And I think if we can take the stigma off of weight saying oh you lost weight or oh you gained weight I still don't think it's necessary especially when you think about the history right if weight has been a sensitive topic for women for so long similar to how the n-word is a sensitive topic for us as black folks right you don't use it or you don't you know I mean some people do Um you have to watch a YouTube video for that that one. It is not just because you use it, it doesn't take the controversy away from it, right? The controversy is still there. You just made a choice to use it based on however you perceive or you know conceptualize the word. And so I think that's the same way with weight. Like it's not something that I would necessarily talk or mention about another person, but our culture still very much promotes that. Um so I just had to uh, get a little spin-off to your story because it was so powerful. And I will introduce this next part of the discussion, which is um, and I think all of these things are ways that practical ways that you can really combat or learn how to use different language around some of these cultural aspects of weight and body stigma and body shaming. Let's just get into not even just what culture feels like right now, but the culture shifts, I think is super important to talk about. One, there's this idea of food being supposed to be nutritious and we have to realize we also use food for other things specifically for celebrations coming home for the holidays and you're you know getting a nice cooked meal and someone says to you why you got all that on your plate and then somebody else says that child been in college they ain't had a home-cooked meal in a while let them eat what they gonna eat right?" And it's just like, both of y'all in my business, (laughs) don't do that, right? But that can bring a lot of shame to someone who, you know, may have been, you know, whether they ate well in college or whether they gained weight, whether they didn't have money for food as many of us don't, right? And so you're commenting on someone's food choice, not really understanding or not, in, and it's not even for you to understand why they have so much on their plate. It's not for you to understand why they are getting a second or a third or a fourth plate. One, if a person is not attuned to their bodies, they're not even going to Know that they're overindulging, and so for somebody to point it out, it's kind of like, okay, I should stop, but I really want some more, right? So, those messages, and then you talking about food pressure, right? Messages like eat everything on your plate. I know you had a good example for this, so why don't you share that? I feel like this is a culture and it I think that this goes from scarcity mindset, or even maybe your grandparents didn't always grow up, or black people as a culture didn't always grow up with a lot. So when you do get the good food, the greens, the extra meals. People want you to eat it all because you don't get it all of the time. And now that I'm thinking about it, this goes back to the dieters dilemma because you are depriving yourself of foods because they have been deemed as special or you only eat them at certain times. So you wanna eat them all. And if I give you all of this food, you're going to eat all of this food versus if you want greens and yams on a Tuesday in April, then it is perfectly fine to make yourself greens, yams, and fried chicken on a Tuesday in April. You don't have to wait until Thanksgiving Day to eat it. So when a family member talks about you're going to eat all of that food on your plate that you get, you don't have to eat all the food. You may just want a taste of everything. And for me personally, I, I didn't experience that growing up in my household. But when you go to different family gatherings, when you're at different places, you definitely see it being seen. Or even, And it's not even about older people where you hear it a lot. You usually hear it when an older person is talking to a younger person where it's, if you don't eat all of your broccoli, you can't have dessert or whatever, insert your vegetable there. And so I think that it takes younger children and even people away from honoring their sati cues. And we talked about this a little bit last episode, but satiety is that feeling of fullness, that feeling of being satisfied. And because God made us beautifully and complex, he put this in us, these satiety cues. And when you eat past your normal limits all of the time for the sake of finishing the plate, you lose those normal cues of fullness and so you think that you need to eat more because you recognize fullness as feeling overstuffed, like you want to take a nap, right? Versus it just feeling like full. You don't feel overstuffed. You don't feel hungry. You just feel in the middle. And those that language of finishing everything on your plate, it takes away from that. And I can understand where it comes from, especially if you came from food scarcity and things like that, but it doesn't belong in what we're talking about eating. I think it's something that we now, when you know better, you do better. And so now that we know better, it's an opportunity for everyone to do better. Even me as a parent, I have to be cognizant of not, trying to redo the same things that you hear saying, you're going to have to finish all of this. It's like, if you're done, you're finished and just let it go or not shame children for eating more. Because I feel like for little boys, it's perfectly acceptable for them to get as many snacks as they want. But for younger women it's not except it's not as acceptable it's like you're eating again you know it's you don't feel like you can get as much you know as your male siblings or cousins or relatives because everyone knows that younger boys that eat a lot it's accepted but younger girls are grooming as well. They also need nourishment and food and snacks. And society somewhere along the lines forgot that. And it's probably because it's that measure of thinness for women that is placed, you know, on a hierarchy and men don't have that same societal pressures to wear. Their weight is connected to their worth. It's something else, and so I wanted to touch on that as far as for food pressure is that is one way that you could be aiding in the diet's dilemma. And it'll make sense if you haven't checked out episode three, diet is a Dilemma. I would great episode. You want to dive in because that's when we get into deep detail about the different steps, so it'll make more sense to you. Yeah. And I think that makes perfect sense. I want to just touch on what you said about food scarcity and this idea that not everyone has access, right? And so you may find yourself in some of those disordered eating behaviors or some of that binge-like behavior when you do have access because you're not you you don't have access to buy certain things, right? Whether it's money or, you know, you just, well, that's oftentimes what it is, is money, right? Where you can't afford to buy certain things. But when you do, right, like you said, if I want a cultural meal, on a Tuesday I'm gonna make it on a Tuesday people and I think it's American culture right because people eat their cultural foods every day day. of the week yes right from different heritages they eat their cultural food but we often eat our cultural food on festive holidays on special occasions and while other cultures also have that we don't really have the piece that says I'm eating chicken and collard greens on a Tuesday, right? At least, I mean, I do, but, uh, and that, and that is so true. Ma'am, you talked about, right, trying to shift the language around how we, you know, even interact with food with our kids. And my husband and I, we will wrap up a plate. Oh, you done? Oh, okay. But next when you want something else, remember it's that plate in the refrigerator. (laughs) Right? Because we don't want to promote being wasteful, but we also don't want to promote just you know telling someone to eat all their food because other people don't have food or because you know this food costs money. Yes, it did. Wrap it up and put it in the refrigerator. If they're done, they're done. If they want more, they want more, right? But teaching them, and that's the thing, we don't have to teach kids their satiety cues. They are aware. When I notice my daughter going back and forth to the pantry, I know it's because she hasn't had a meal, right? Because oftentimes, if she does have a meal, she won't be back and forth in the pantry. I know for my baby girl, that whether she had a meal or not, she gonna be back and forth in that pantry. But the difference is when she go back and forth in that pantry, she'll ask for something and and guess what? I'll give it to her and guess what? She don't eat it. Cause she not hungry. (laughs) She don't know that. But her body knows that. Her body knows that she's not hungry. So the minute that she puts it in her mouth, she puts the rest on the floor but if i denied her that she would probably eat the whole thing once she got it it's really about doing things differently and i know it's scary to do things differently sometimes because we like well i don't want them to be this or i don't want trust me if i mean i've been experimenting with this since my babies have been born over these past five years my son a little different but with those girls like I see it true and it's tried and true like how they behave with food and it's it's evident that it works if you just leave them alone I love that and I think for the older generation it comes from or from my experience from my parents doing what they knew to combat some of the real true diseases that were killing older members in my family, like diabetes, high blood pressure. So my parents letting me know like, okay, this is a good food. This is a bad food was because that's all they really had the language for at the time, because high blood pressure does run in my family. Diabetes do, does run in my families. And my parents knew that that is, it was a direct line between what they ate and their lifestyle. And I'm not saying that you don't want to be conscious of the nutritional value of certain things, because that's a very real thing. A cookie and an apple don't have the same nutritional value. They're both sweet, but they don't have the same nutritional value. But understanding that you can do that without labeling the food good or bad, or there's a way that they're There's a way to approach it that doesn't bring about shame, because when you tell someone why you got all all that on your plate, that brings about shame. When you tell someone, oh, girl, you need to eat more, You're skin and bones, that brings on shame. That doesn't make you feel good. That doesn't get to the root of whatever each person's individual issue might be. If they're not honoring their safety cues, whether that be going beyond the point of fullness or feeling hungry and not eating, both things can happen. But because our culture places a value on weight, which isn't even our own cultural value, and we don't, we could go on and on about that. We'll have a separate episode about how. Some for some reason it's been attached to us as Black people about our way and demonizing us. We won't go on a tangent today, but best believe we're gonna talk about it that's not a coincidence that we have internalized that and that we're spreading it. So we want to have this conversation so you can be aware of it. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be little slim changes that we need to make. But before we move on to our next topic about diet and culture, Bria, I would love for you to give us some, I guess, boundaries or some things we can say when someone does comment about our weight that's in a family setting. Because I would like to use some of these tools when they happen to me. And I'm sure other people would like to know some things that they can say or change the situation, but still be respectful in a way. You love putting me on the spot. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have the good stuff to say. (laughs) Boundaries around when some of these things happen. So the most obvious one is disengaging from the conversation and that could look like I I don't feel respected when people comment on my weight and it makes me feel bad, right? Being honest, sometimes we don't want to admit that things damage our ego and that is why we hold things, we hold on to things, we keep them inside versus saying, wow, that really hurt me because it did and it's okay to acknowledge that we don't have to be tough all the time even to people who are being mean to us right sometimes we feel like if we're engaging a bully we gotta stick it to him we gotta be like no that didn't hurt me like you know what i'm saying no it did it hurt that was very hurtful right I've said that on occasions, right? Not to my family because we joke all the time. That's another thing about diet and culture. The jokes, right? We love a good joke. And, but when you've been, you have to attune yourself to other people's needs. If a person has been struggling with something for all of their life, chances are they don't want to be the butt of that joke. Mm -mm. So that is a very practical way is just by sticking up for yourself and acknowledging like how it made you feel. Another thing that you could potentially do is ask, why did you think that was appropriate? Right? Having an understanding sometimes would really help people to consider, when they say certain things. Now for uh, for someone that is older, I don't think that's the best response, right? Why do you think, right? So really just in that, in that case, someone older, just letting them know that that was very hurtful. And, you know, you don't owe any explanation after that though, right? As to why it was hurtful or what you've been doing in your time or That's irrelevant because after that, more than likely, they'll apologize, disengage, right? But someone who had the audacity, why did you feel that was appropriate to say that? What about my weight is something that should be a topic of conversation? Mm, I like that one. Why do you value weight so much? What value does weight give to you? Right? I love questions because it be having people stump, Like, oh, mm. hmm. it was just a joke. No, Mm-mm. it won't. I didn't find it funny at all. Play with somebody else. Don't play with me. Period. <laughs> Period. Right. I think it also is an honorable mention about partners that can be hurtful. Right, when your partner comments or mentions something about your weight, engaging in a conversation about weight with your partner can feel hard, especially when you feel like you've gained weight and you're not as attractive as when you first met your partner. Or your partner mentioned something about your weight that was very hurtful, that they have may, they may have said before, and it and it didn't appear to hurt your feelings, right? So navigating those conversations um, by being honest and open with how it made you feel, and examining your partner's own values on weight, because it's it it should go unsaid that a person should love you unconditionally, but that's not the reality when it comes to our bodies, our preferences of bodies, or our partner's preferences. And that will bring us to our next discussion, and that is body preference. Yes, and I feel like body preference is something that In my experience, I feel that women have a hard time admitting that their body is not preferred by certain men or whatever their sexual preference might be. And I feel like men on the other hand can rebound from it quickly because they're used to dealing with rejection when it comes from women or whatever, Like because they don't have the same type of societal pressures to look a certain way. And so a lot of women, even me included at one point of time, you think that because this particular preference is talked about and valued, that because your body doesn't look like the preferred body, that your body isn't valuable or doesn't look good. And that's not true. If your body looks good to you, then you're good nine times out of 10 or 10 out of 10, there's going to be someone that thinks your body looks good too. There's also gonna be 10 out of 10, someone who doesn't think your body looks good. And that's okay. Everyone doesn't have to like the way everyone's body looks. But the issue arises to where you are constantly trying to make your body look like the preferred body of someone else because you think that that preferred look has value. And I'm gonna say it and it's gonna be a little controversial. But I think the rise of the BBL is not a coincidence that that body type is preferred right now versus if you were born in 1990 something or even in the 80s, The preferred body type was very slim. Having a nice round butt was now culturally within the Black culture, it was valued, right? We've always enjoyed the way that looked. But aesthetically on a wide scale, it wasn't like that. Now, it's valued everywhere. All cultures like that certain physique. And the truth of the matter is not all Black women look like that. There are a lot of Black women that do look like that naturally, but there's a lot of us that don't look like that. And just because you don't look like that doesn't mean that you don't look good. Now, I know there's people who get surgeries or whatever because that's what they want to do to feel good. And I support that. You do you, your body, your choice. This is the Body Liberated Podcast. We are all about making choices that feel good to you. But if you're doing it because you think that that body type has more value and you're gonna get more of what you want out of life because that body type, then I think you have some questions that you need to ask yourself. I think you have some soul searching that you need to do because you're gonna go through a very dangerous surgery because all cosmetic surgeries have a certain amount of risk. To get something that who knows in another ten years that may not be the preferred body anymore. The preferred body could be a pear shape. <laughs> the preferred body could be, who knows what it can be? But that's genetically not how how you were made, you know. And for me, that was very freeing to um, be okay with like this is what your butt looks like because I love the way brown butts look they look great they jiggle you know I, I like them but my butt looks like my butt and it looks good the way it looks to me since i started strength training but if I only was measuring my butt to what Kim Kardashian's butt look like, or what a BBL butt look like, I would never be able to give myself my flowers because guess what? My body is not gonna look like that. My mama don't look like that. My grandma looked like that, but I didn't get them jeans. (laughs) So I just want to talk about that openly and honestly because I feel like that's the conversation that no one is having. It's either two ends of the spectrum, like shaming women for getting. BBLs or like praising women for getting BBLs and I feel like it's more nuanced than that girl let me give you your flowers right now okay because that was so beautifully and eloquently put and the fact that you mentioned when we try to change our bodies to fit what is culturally acceptable what is acceptable to society when we're trying to get this preferred body type and then for it to change. So what then does that mean for you, right? Or when it starts to sag and do all the other things, what then does that mean for you, right? So, wow, that that was good right there and i think it's important to have these conversations so with your partners because if your partner has a body preference that's different from yours does that mean that you all can't be together or you know that your your partner doesn't value you or what you look like or what value does your partner place in appearance and in beauty that's a whole nother discussion when we talk about what value actually does a person place in their beauty right because you can say that I have this preference but I don't necessarily it's not a deal breaker right and that's like that for anything in relationships right I have a preference but it's not a deal breaker So especially when you exist in a larger body, really understanding if you say that this is not a deal breaker, but then try to make me change or try to make me lose weight or try to make my body to look differently, then you really do value it more than you said you did. Right. And I think it's kind of hush, hush to have these type of conversations, right? Because they don't feel good all the time, yeah, and realizing that what your partner said and their actions don't match up. And I don't think that the partner who was commenting on it doesn't even do it intentionally, you know, when you ask those questions or whatever, but it does come up, and so then you're at a place where you got to be like, okay so what are we going to do next because you can't stay in a place that's going to constantly be devaluing you like you can't do you can't do that and people Mm -hmm. do but you shouldn't do that and so that may have to be its own episode in itself we'll dig into Mm -hmm. it because I feel like and I'll give my own personal story about how I and it'll be really quick because we don't want to hold you too long. So I gained about 30, 40 pounds in grad school and my significant other didn't even notice. Or if he did notice, he'd never said anything to me about it. In fact, it wasn't until I lost weight that he was looking for me in a picture and didn't recognize me. (laughs) And that made me feel good because that means that when he sees me, he sees more than my weight. And I'm not going to get emotional, but if you're watching this on YouTube, you may see me tear. But um, that, and then it made me question, well, what do I see? Because I feel like, I'm going to be honest, I say that weight doesn't mean anything to me, but in the past, I've known that I may have said some hurtful things to my partner about weight and you say it doesn't matter but when you make certain comments it does and that is really what made me really think about it even more and like man am I am I seeing him the same way that he sees me and so that's what we mean about in real time looking at Your partner's action, and it's going to come up because partners' bodies are going to change, and sometimes you don't know how you feel about something until you're in it. And so, I don't want people to feel a certain way if you are the partner that is finding out that you value weight more than you thought you did or you're on the receiving end, if there is love there, if there's trust there, then I feel like it can be, if not it isn't. weight doesn't have to be a deal breaker until it's a deal breaker. And so that's an example of how it wasn't a deal breaker. And it was proof, it was proof to me because I know I didn't notice it until I looked at myself in pictures, but it, it was a gradual thing. And even now it's like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even notice. And so for my partner, for his values, weight isn't a value for him. Now, he has preferences that he likes. Obviously, every man, every, all one has preferences. I don't have all of the things that he likes, cute like, uh, like a big butt. But that's not a deal breaker for him, <laughs> obviously. So I just wanted to share an example of that because the There is no wrong or bad side. It's just getting an understanding. Yes, and that is what it is, right? Weight is not a deal breaker until it's a deal breaker. So thank you for sharing that very real story that definitely took on my heartstrings Um, because that's beautiful to see. You don't see it often where couples, you know, just love each other despite, the changes that happen and I think it's very it's much more personal for women because our bodies change so much and for men like it's like gradually over the years but for us because of the weight stigma that exists we are constantly thinking about our weight Mm -hmm. and on top of us thinking about our weight our bodies are constantly changing yep absolutely absolutely and so we hope that you got something out of this actually we don't hope you're welcome we know that you got something out of this because these are tough conversations but we're in this together we're not in it by ourselves we are figuring it out and I'm excited for what's going to come next and to have more conversations like this yes and you said you're welcome so i am going to say thank you because i definitely got something out of this episode even being on the episode right so just remember when you give to your body it gives back you deserve to be liberated we out scars from a lifetime from not loving myself it was never the right time I had to speak to the cosmos to realign my synergy. This synergy was sending me. I keep on falling, I keep on falling deeper. I keep on falling.